Hello and welcome to Vision Scope, a program designed to educate and inform on matters relating to disabilities. My name is Wilbert Williams. Thank you for tuning in to Vision Scope. We have another interesting program lined up for you, so I trust you will stay tuned. How is everybody doing in this really vicious attack by COVID-19? I trust you're all doing well and that despite the difficulties you still manage to to smile. It is quite a long time since I have come in here to bring you up to date on what is happening to me personally, so I thought that today would be as good a day as any to come in and have a chit-chat with you about some of the things I have been getting up to. They are really mainly two things that I have taken on and I'm quite enjoying them. The first one is that I am currently hosting a program on UVC radio. It is called The Memory Lane Show with Wise Willie. So I would invite you when you get a chance to tune in and take a listen. Um, the program is two hours long and it's all about music of yesteryear. It is aired every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. It runs from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's 7 p.m. Eastern, which is also 7 p.m. Jamaican time and uh, I think it's 8 p.m. Eastern Caribbean time and of course we'll follow the respective time zones. So when you get a chance tune in and relax and reflect and enjoy some good music of yesteryear. The second venture is that of co-hosting a talk show. So every Monday evening I co-host a talk show with two of my very good friends, Larry McCray, aka Rocco, and um, Sonny. Larry McCray is from St. Lucia and Sonny Zurich is from Portugal. So we would invite you to tune in again to UVC Radio and enjoy the show. It runs for two hours from 6 
p.m. Eastern to 8 p.m. So that's from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern, which is 7 to 9 Eastern Caribbean time. You might ask me, where would you find UVC radio? Well, UVC radio is an internet radio station. So what you do is you type in www.unitedvisionconnect/radio. So it's www.unitedvisionconnect.org unitedvisionconnect.org that is the, the, the three words run together of course no spaces so it's www.unitedvisionconnect.org forward slash radio and when you get there you can either click on the player link or you can go down and click on Simple Radio and it will open up Simple Radio and start playing. So that's one way. Another way is by asking Alexa to open OO Tunes and then asking her to play UVC radio so that's another way so and you can also find UVC radio on simple radio as I said before or OO tunes or my radio tuner so those are the three right now but we are gradually expanding and I'm sure more will come later. So you can tune in to those two programs. And if you like what you hear, then we would be happy if you tune in to other programs and enjoy it. So that's the update from me. And um, I trust that in the same way that I have found things to occupy my time because I can't I, for me I'm not supposed to leave the house um, except for essentials so I'm staying home so it doesn't make sense sitting and folding your arms you might as well get on with life and find things to do so let us know how you're getting on Drop me a line. Remember, you can always drop me a line at norwill2 at gmail.com and we will give you the address at the end of this program. So relax, enjoy the show, and trust that you will learn something from it. Vision, 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 vision. A place to listen and learn.
Welcome to another episode of Vision Scope. Today I have a guest who is going to prove to you how interesting he is. He is going to tell his story. His name is Julius Serrano. Julius, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Wilbert. I'm so blessed to be here. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about Julius? Introduce yourself. Who is Julius Serrano? Julius Serrano is a perfect and creative spirit who lives in a physical body who happens to be totally blind, just like yourself, my friend. Yeah, okay. And you, yep. you were blind from birth or you became blind during life? I became blind when I was 16 years old. I was born nearsighted. So at a tender age of around one, mm -hmm. um, not, not even one year old, I started to wear very thick eyeglasses. So I was born nearsighted. I experienced a um, condition which the doctors called congenital myopia. And nearsighted, I was still... I was blessed to be able to see colors, to, to see my family's faces during that point. And I, eyesight started to deteriorate at age 16. And at that point, it was a gradual deterioration, a gradual partial blindness. At so that moment, was... Go so, ahead. Sorry. At the moment, you live in New Zealand. But were you born in New Zealand? At the, yep. Um, no, no. Uh, exact, uh, actually, I was born in the Philippines. I was born in Manila. I'm in New Zealand now, living, working here with my family. But I was born in Manila. So up to a few years ago, um, I, just, I just moved here. Mm -hmm. What was life like for a blind person in the Philippines? Very challenging. First of all, um, when you start to become blind, particularly in my situation, when I started to lose my eyesight from being nearsighted to being partially blind, I didn't know anybody who was blind. So I felt isolated. So it started with the journey of finding, connecting with other people such as myself. So during that time, I was blessed to have an opportunity to be introduced to the blindness community at age 16, 17. And there I saw you know, how much support or lack thereof the blind, the, the community of blind and vision impaired were experiencing in the Philippines. You had, on one hand, you had your not-for-profit organizations, which were providing resources, training, and all forms of support to vision impaired and blind individuals. And the reason why we had all of these not-for-profit organizations was because there was a need for support. We perceived that probably the government, although it was doing its best with the resources that it had, wasn't able to 
directly cater to blind and vision impaired individuals during that time. Okay, so so you had to struggle to really um, find a niche in 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 Philippines in Manila, and then yes, definitely. What, what prompted you to move to New Zealand? Oh, it's a it's a long journey, my friend. Um, if I could summarize it, if I could provide an overview, I learned how to use the screen reading technology that blind people normally use in order for them to use the computer, you know, such as yourself and myself. And it enabled me to proceed to higher education, to take a computer science course in the Philippines. And from that graduated uh, a degree in computer science, I learned about web accessibility you know, a set of principles, strategies, and technologies that would help ensure that people with disabilities would be able to access online information as easily and as robust as possible. So that part of my career as an accessibility specialist was the springboard in order for me to eventually land a job here in New Zealand. So just a quick overview. It was my sister, my sister who first came here. My sister is a software developer. So she was hired by a company here in New Zealand. And as I was having a holiday here in New Zealand, it was just for probably half a year. My sister told her company that she had a brother who focuses, who specializes on web accessibility. The company was very interested, was keen to set up a meeting with me. So in that meeting, I there was no expectations, Wilbert. In that meeting, it was simply just to introduce accessibility to the company. I get to so know I, you. Definitely, yeah. To get to know me as a person who directly benefits from accessible information and a quick demonstration of you know how a blind person uses the screen reader and for most of the people who attended that meeting it was the first time to actually see a blind person using the screen reader so after that meeting um they all we all went about with our merry way and there was no expectation and um after several weeks after almost a month, they expressed interest mm -hmm. in actually hiring me as an accessibility specialist. So that in a minute or two was the reason why the, the, the blessings, the, the, the set of miracles, if you may, mm -hmm. that led me to where I am right now. And um, you were prepared to take hold of your opportunity. Because that's also very important. Yes. Taking action. Yes. Um, and making a decision. Yes. Now, would you like to compare work for the blind in Philippines with work for the blind in New Zealand? I know it's at all order, but mm -hmm. in short, what, what kind of comparison would you say 
Well, yeah, that's an excellent question, Wilbert. In my experience, the Philippines, um, most of the employment or income opportunities of blind people there being a developing country, majority of the blind people's um, sources of income would be physical therapy, massage, special education teachers. So that's that's based on what I observed. Mm-hmm. There is um, an emerging um, opportunity for blind people in the Philippines to become computer instructors because of the assistive technology that um, organizations and online and international groups are providing. So that's an emerging opportunity. You also have blind and visually impaired virtual assistants, which is an excellent, excellent source of opportunity. Here in the, uh, in, the in New Zealand, I can say that it's, it's much more um, geared towards information technology because I take it that um, New Zealand was, you know, New Zealand received assistive technology and advancements a lot earlier than, than you know, the Philippines and other countries in Asia. So here in New Zealand, you have computer instructors. You also have accessibility specialists. You have, um, I, I believe you also have blind individuals who are entrepreneurs. So that's, you know, in my opinion, is an overview of the contrast and comparison of opportunities in countries like New Zealand and in countries such as the Philippines. If I recall correctly, the Philippines is really made up of a group of islands. What is New Zealand like in terms of its composition? Excellent. Um, To be particular, Philippines, excellent point, Wilbert. It's uh, 7,100 islands. That's a lot. Yes. Um, New Zealand is a lot, a lot smaller. You have the major islands, which is the South Island and the North Island. And um, I believe there are like smaller islands surrounding it. And in terms of population, I believe um, the Philippines is around 100 million right now, and New Zealand is 5 million. So you could just see the size difference. Yes. Yeah, yep. So it's easier to provide services to New Zealand in New Zealand than it, it would be to provide service, equal service in in the Philippines, would you say? That's an excellent point, and I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you are now at the point where you started working in New Zealand. What has mm-hmm. the journey been like in work? Challenging, rewarding, and uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So I started working for that company and I had a, an interesting and um, challenging, okay, challenging task because I was there to introduce the importance of accessibility 
and it was a relatively new service that the companies has taken a risk to do. They opened up an accessibility service. They tapped in the existing clients that they had. And um, I, as an accessibility specialist and accessibility consultant, what I do is I browse the web pages and online contents created by our software developers for the clients that our company has. So the general workflow is client contacts the company. The company creates a framework or you know um, uh, a set of requirements in order for the company's software developers to create the actual web pages, websites. And I'm there making sure all along that each piece of content is made accessible for people with disabilities. Not just blind people, but people with low vision, people with color blindness, people with hearing impairments. So that that was that was the um, that the job or the uh, the work that I've been blessed with. What are the requirements? if people wish to go into software development, um, blind people, what are the requirements that they need to have? Software development, um, when it comes to software development in particular, you need to be able to choose which exactly is the programming language that you want to specialize in. There are blind people who specialize in JavaScript. There are blind people who specialize on front-end development. This means the actual web pages that blind uh, that people, that users actually see. I believe there's also people, blind people who focus on the Python language. And I believe there are also people who focus on other programming languages. Um, deciding on the language that you would like to specialize in I believe is the first major step. And then of course, you know, there's training, um, online training, in-person training for the individual to be able to become proficient so that whenever there are requirement, requirements being provided by the company or the client, that person would be able to create and turn it into reality. So that's, when it comes to software development in particular. Can you give us an idea of some of the services that exist in New Zealand for um, blind and visually impaired people? Excellent question, Wilbert. Um, some of the services include rehabilitation. There are people who have just lost their eyesight. So there are like counseling services, the Blind Foundation in, in New Zealand, I think, I believe their name now is Blind Low Vision NZ. So that is an excellent organization that provides rehabilitation and counseling, especially to blind people who need emotional support, to people who have just lost their eyesight. Now, for other people with vision impairment and people who are blind, it uh, the foundation also has training 
for assistive technology. Uh, blind people who want to learn the basics of screen reading technology, which is the main software that blind and vision impaired people use. There are services that train people on how to use these screen reading technology, as well as for other assistive devices, such as for people with limited or low vision, you have um, screen magnification software training. You also have mobility services. You have um, staff from the Blind Foundation or, or Blind Low Vision NZ who, to, who come to the person's home and help them become oriented with the surroundings, with you know fundamentals of being able to use a white cane and walk you know within their neighborhood and even to other um, towards the um, commercial establishments that are nearby. You also have activities for daily living um, in that regard, training from the Blind Foundation in order to um, help vision impaired and blind people here in New Zealand to be e equipped with the basic skills like cooking, washing the dishes, preparing, um, preparing for their chores and as well as for safety and other personal necessities and essentials. Okay, so what about the rights and the legislation program? Are there, do you know much about the legislative framework that govern work for the disabled in New Zealand? Mm, excellent question. When, when it comes to like the actual legislation, I believe that there are. I couldn't at the moment um, cite the exact name of that legislation and the number or you know the, the actual name of it right mm -hmm. now. I, I cannot tell you, but um, with regard to accessible information, there is a specific, you know, web accessibility standard that the government is implementing, is recommending to all providers of online content or online technology. And that web accessibility standard draw heavily from the international guidelines, which is the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines 2.1. Okay, so that's a pretty well organized area of work in New Zealand, you would say. The, the yes, program development and well organized. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's let's see if we can talk a little bit now about Julius, mm -hmm. the man. We've been looking at your development and. Uh, all this sort of thing. Are you a family man? I am. Um, in New Zealand, I, I live with my wife and our daughter, three-year-old daughter. Okay. And um, you you don't find that in New Zealand there's difficulty for blind person to uh, obtain accommodation, living accommodation? It's not a no problem. problem at all, actually. 
no problem at all. In some countries, you know, if you're blind, they don't want to 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 rent you a common mm. gotcha gotcha well here you know um i've experienced you know renting so i've been i was blessed with a very accommodating landlord we we stayed with them from you know we stayed at their property from 2014 to just last year like 2019 and we had had a very very um very positive, very respectful relationship with them. Now we just moved from that place to to a larger home because you know our our family is expanding actually, and um, in that um, you know relationship and sending the application for this larger home, I, I you know they were made aware. Of course, I, I I made it obvious that you know the the main person who's going to be renting it is totally blind so they had no problem about it i believe with you know we're just blessed similar to other um tenancy relationships that it it could be challenging it doesn't matter if you're blind or you're sighted i believe I, i'm just um from my personal experience you know i've never experienced any challenging or discrimination when it comes to like tenancy do you do you belong to any organization of blind persons in New Zealand? Mm, I believe I'm a, I'm a client of the Blind Foundation of New Zealand. Um, as as I've mentioned, I think their name now is Blind Low Vision NZ, mm. and I I've experienced acquiring services from them, support from them. So, as a client. I believe that I'm, you know, part of that uh, group. What I was trying to get at was mm. whether or not, as a blind individual, uh, you guys meet and discuss issues and, you know, talk about difficulties that are common to, to the group. Excellent. Right. Gotcha. Well, in that regard, um, no, no. I mean, I have blind and visual impaired friends here in New Zealand, but in, in, in that like formal framework where oh. we get to discuss, no, no. Okay. Mm. Do you think that is necessary or in a country like New Zealand or it's just not important? Well, I can see the value in it, Wilbert. Um, Probably it's it it could I, I haven't actually tried um, attending such a group. I believe that there are there are focused groups of of blind and vision impaired individuals, especially the ones that have been created by the Blind Foundation. So I could see the value in it. Um, it's just that probably I've I haven't experienced it yet. In order for me to you know make a um, an assessment of its value. What is your favorite food? Well, um, I'm from the Philippines, so Filipino food. It's a it's a mixture of Spanish and Chinese. We have food there that is called pancit. Uh, it's a 
it's uh, derived from you know ch Chinese influenced noodles. I think um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's sort of a rice noodle or something. So I I, I like that. Or I think it's made of flour. Anyway, so that's you know that's one of my favorite food. Okay. And um, do you love to read? I mean, outside of your technical sphere, do you find time to read any other type of books? Definitely, yes. Particularly audiobooks and um, e-books, which um, you know I, I use a screen reader for. Have you had the privilege of using any of the Braille terminals? Um, any example? Braille terminals? I, uh, do you mean the, the, the displays? Focus 42, yes. Mm, excellent question. Well, I have in like certain um, presentations and, uh, you know, the Blind Foundation has been excellent in providing a technology day where people can actually come in and, and look at the, the Braille displays and um, uh, Braille refreshable tech, Braille technology. So I have to, to an extent, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, if you were exiled mm. on an island, what piece of music, and you are allowed to take just one piece of music with you. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine one piece of music on a player? What piece of music would that be? Interesting question. Um, do you mean just one song or one album? Probably one album. Oh, an album. Yeah. It would be. Ooh, um, it would be a lot of ideas right there. Um, let's just say uh, it would be an album that I got from from the nineties. Um, I'm an I'm a nineties man, so. It would be the second album of this American band called Stone Temple Pilots. I believe that title of the album is Purple. Mm. So, so that would be your album of choice. Yes. I could listen to it for, you know, for hours and repeat. How has COVID treated you? in New Zealand and how is it how is it going because I hear that New Zealand has what has been one of the countries that has been very decisive in how it handles COVID mm, yes it has paid rich dividends so mm -hmm. what is it like now as far as COVID is concerned in New Zealand well firstly it has affected us in terms of like restriction um on the I think on the uh first quarter of last year you know we weren't able to even go outside and uh, do the fundamental things like go out for grocery and uh, you know it, it going to a grocery and buying your necessities is, is challenging enough for you as a blind person and if gets restricted and you're not allowed to to go out it, it it definitely affected you know our household now here in new zealand um I, we were blessed because nobody in our family here in new zealand was um had that uh had covid 
but it was definitely restricting in terms of uh, travel. You know, uh, I needed to work from home 100% of the time, especially last year. And the basic necessities, you know, we, we had to we had to put up with like the delivery system of the groceries because, you know, as people with people with vision impairment, you know, it was very restricting not to be able to go out whenever you please. Okay, so, mm -hmm. but you are, you are coping and that is life back to normal now in New Zealand? Pretty much, pretty much. Um, we we still have we still hear about like cases very in in very small numbers. Um, I believe there are specific days when you know there were zero cases, but you know uh, especially New Zealand has opened up its intercity travel. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been like cases. Well, and you also have people you know people from people uh, who in, you, uh, locals locals who were traveling and uh, have have just returned to New Zealand so sometimes unfortunately those you know they caused some you know additional cases because of those what would you say um is the future for Julia Serrano? Excellent question, Wilbert. Um, I, I am now stepping into the career of a motivational speaker and a life coach. So I've been blessed to have almost a decade of experience in accessible technology, speaking to people, motiv motivating them and inspiring them to create content that is open, accessible and inclusive. The future for me is, you know, it, it, it involves me contributing to the to accessibility and at the same time stepping into the identity of somebody who motivates, inspires, and transforms people's lives through providing talks on personal development and also providing one-on-one -on -one coaching for people who may be struggling with self-sabotage patterns and limiting beliefs. I help them release these emotions, beliefs, and feelings in order for them to consciously create a life that they love. So that, my friend, is the future for me. I always like to ask my guests to leave a parting motivational statement um, with listeners. What would yours be? It would be all about emotions. The quality of your life, everybody, depends on how well you handle your emotions. This in particular refers to like negative emotions that you experience. Now, what I would like to share is a quick way for you to master your emotions. First one would be to wake up. Wake up and actually see that you're experiencing the emotion. Second one would be to label the emotion. What exactly are you feeling? Third step 
will be all about experiencing the emotion in your body because emotion is energy in motion. There is an epicenter for that emotion. And if you focus, if you allow the emotion to run through its course, you're going to identify where exactly is that emotion in, um, in, our, in your body. And when you do, it is going to be very easy to allow the emotion to run its course so that it will ultimately turn to peace. I believe that all emotions, whether positive or negative, when you allow it to run its course, it is going to be ultimately turning into peace. Mm. So that's uh, my recommendation. So really, you need to master your emotions. Yes. And channel it. Okay, I want to thank you very much, Julius, for granting me this interview. I've learned quite a lot from chatting with you, and I want to wish you all the best for the future. Thank you very much, my friend. It's been an honor, and I appreciate you. I honor you, and I have a huge amount of respect for what you're doing. If you have any questions or comments regarding this program, please address them to norwill2 at gmail.com that is n-o-r-w-i-l-l number two at gmail.com thanks for listening have a happy and productive week that's it for today join me next time when we will present another in the series vision scope Music was provided by Rennie Williams, Jr.